Okay, well, it's been so exciting hearing some of the things that are going on uh, through people in this part of this church. And uh, I just want to speak on the back of it, really. We're, in the, we're starting a series on courage. Last week, I did a bit of an overview on um, ha- the why, the what, and the how of culture. The culture that we're trying to establish within our church that would become so part of who we are, it would overflow into every place that we go. The culture that we want to take with us that we live and breathe it, culture of generosity and acceptance, the culture of forgiveness and honour, integrity and courage. And we're going to be particularly focusing today on courage and over the next few weeks looking at this trait, exploring a little bit. Now, as you can see from the title here, Courage to be Bold, I've got there a picture. Anyone recognise what that is? Uh, very big clue from Michael and Laura over there. They definitely know what it is. Fellow Trekkies with me. The Star Trek insignia. Ooh, Star Wars indeed. I'm personally very excited that the new Star Trek film is coming out next month. Also, Star Wars at the beginning of the year. So it's kind of been a good year for our sci-fi fans. And I, I love Star Trek for all the adventures, the heroics that take place. You know, they go into new places and they meet all these different aliens that could be good, could be bad. They go into difficult situations. And, and uh, I love the leadership that you see in some of the captains and things. In fact, I've been known to sit and watch and think, oh, how, how does Picard handle that situation? And uh, Star Trek famously has the opening phrase that goes like this, space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. You know, Captain Kirk, Spock, Scotty and the others, they have to have courage to boldly go. They have to have courage to be bold. And that's what I want to speak to you about today, is the courage to be bold. In fact, I want to encourage you to be bold. The word encourage is a word that we use in all sorts of different contexts, but the origin of it is encourage, to give, to make someone courageous. That inner strength, to call it out of someone, to help them in that, to to encourage them, means to allow them to have the courage to be bold. And that's what I want to try and do today for you, is to encourage you to be bold. I want to excite you, I want to call you to the adventure that God has planned for each one of us to go adventuring with him. And God's been impressing on us as a church for quite a while to be courageous, to step it up, to do all sorts of things. And when I sit there and listen to Joanna and Iona talking about the way they stepped out into this completely unknown thing, you know, I don't know know how much you grasp from what they were saying and what we heard before, but they had no idea how many children were going to be going, what languages were going to be spoken, what their backgrounds were, what the situations those children were coming from and going back to. They knew nothing, and yet they said, yes, God, I'll do that, I'll step out and do it. It took courage, and so it's right that we honoured them. You know, they did a great job, and they, 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 took, they stepped out into something. For those of us who've been involved in some of these things like Games in the Park and Live Lounge and yesterday at Have a Go, they may not be our natural comfort zone, but God's calling us on adventures to go with him. And it might take all sorts of different forms for each one of us, but he's saying, come, come adventuring with me. Have the courage to be bold. I am convinced that we are called to be kingdom carriers wherever we go. We're people of influence. 
that we are containers of hope. God's given us something. You know, we've been singing about it. We've been talking about it again this morning. This amazing joy and hope that we have within us. We are called to take it wherever we go. We're called to change the atmosphere. And if we're going to do that, we need to have courage in order to do it. It's no good us just staying away and keeping in our very safe environment. John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I don't believe having life to the full is just to sit on our bottoms all day and do nothing. To have it to the full does require us stepping out to going places that we haven't gone before. You know, we, we often invite people to come and share stories, and we've had some this morning, about what's been, what God has been doing in them and through them. And, it, and lots of these stories are stories of courage. You know, last week when we were hearing some of the, the stories from Catalyst Festival and about what, the way God's been working in people, Rachel Tullier stood up here and was incredibly courageous to share so vulnerably and openly about where she's been at and what God's been doing. That takes courage. You know, it may well be the courage to be vulnerable with someone. It may well be the courage to go out and share the good news about what Jesus has done before. It may well be the courage to draw alongside someone who's hurting and lonely and to love them. It may well be the courage to pray for someone who you discover is unwell. Or the courage to take someone a meal who needs it. It comes in all sorts of forms, but God's calling us to have courage to be bold. You know, he's been taking me on a journey personally, and I'm hoping that you're seeing some of this. He's been stirring me. He's led me into all sorts of situations that are way out of my comfort zone. I find myself in situations that I certainly would not choose myself to be in, but I'm learning to say yes to God when he says, will you do this? And do you know what? Even my little steps of faith, he is blessing them. And it's exciting and it's wonderful and I'm enjoying it. Yes, it's scary at times, but I don't want to be just sat down You know, Andy McCulloch at Catalyst Festival talked about going to the other side. I don't want to be the person who's waving the boat that Jesus is going off on. I want to be on the boat, and it may well be scary, but I want to be in there because he's calling us to abundant life, life that is full. You know, I've ended up on all sorts of of committees in the town. I chair an arts and culture group for Hatfield, and it's a joy and a delight, but it's also way out of my comfort zone. As I've said to you before, I don't feel particularly artistic or cultured, and yet I'm chairing the arts and culture group for this town, because I want to bless this town, and God said, go do it. So I'm saying, okay, I'll do it. You know, through that link, I got to know the borough mayor, Lynn Sparks, and we hosted multi-faith service in March. Yeah, of course it's not something we want to be doing all the time, and it doesn't mean we agree with with what the different faith groups are saying, but we wanted to do something for this community. And I found myself hosting on that stage, you know, right here in this room, a multi-faith service. I had no idea we'd be doing that a year ago. She's actually just become deputy mayor again, and so we'll be mayor again next year. So I thought it was a one-off event, and it may well be coming our way again, so just to warn you on that one. God knows. He's been challenging me to step out in words of knowledge. I've not been doing that much before. You know, I was so challenged at Catalyst Festival again. For me, one of the highlights was seeing those children and that Monday evening meeting, about eight of them coming forward. They're all sort of nine, 10, 11-year-olds and bringing such specific words from God. I see someone 
who's staying in the campsite Red 5 and they're in a caravan and they've got a triangle a bit attached to their tent and they've got a bad back that they hurt because they were in a car crash five years ago. And someone stands up and responds to that. This is, it was just phenomenal. And it stirred me afresh, saying, I want that here at KCC. I want people to be stepping out, the children and the adults. God's calling us to be bold and courageous. He's calling us to adventure with him. Yes, it's scary, but it's so exciting, and God honours it when we take those small steps of faith. He comes rushing, and he delights to do so. So my aim this morning is to encourage you to be bold. I want to invite you to come on adventures with him, and I want to do it simply by just looking at two verses from Hebrews, famous verses from anyone who looks at the Bible regularly. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. And I'm reading from the NIV today. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I want to just talk through four points that I think we can get from these two verses in terms of having the courage to be bold in adventuring with God. Firstly, be inspired by those who've gone before. Secondly, throw off everything that hinders and entangles. Thirdly, run with perseverance. And fourthly, fix your eyes on Jesus. So firstly, be inspired by those who've gone before. I'm hungry for God and seeing his kingdom come. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to just go through life getting through. I want to see things different as a result of God doing things through me. And I made a conscious decision to stir my faith, to pray, to read the word. You're probably thinking, that's a good thing. You're a a church leader. I'm glad you're doing that. But I felt a fresh impetus to really seek after God and to be proactive in stirring my faith because, you know, life just happens and it can get by. Life is busy. Unless we choose to put God first and carve things out, it can just pass away. And we can just be like our work colleagues and our neighbours and people around us who just get through life. Eat, sleep, you know, eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work. It can just fall into a pattern like that. I don't want to be like that. I want to, want to be different. And it involves stirring and being proactive. How do I deal with that? Well, verse 1 says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you know, we live in a privileged period of history where we have access to all sorts of information in so many different ways. There's masses we can use to feed our faith. We can look to some of these past uh, saints who've walked. Who are these witnesses? The saints who've gone before. They demonstrate something of the nature and the possibility of what God can do in us and through us when we step out. So firstly, some of these witnesses are biblical witnesses. You know, Hebrews 12 comes straight after Hebrews 11. Well, that's profound. Hebrews 11 is an amazing passage of scripture that goes through listing all sorts of saints, all sorts of men and women who stepped out for God. They're listed as men and women of faith. They had the courage to be bold. It includes names like this, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses and his parents, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Jephthah, David and Samuel. Fourteen people specifically named. Some of them you may have heard of, some of them perhaps not. But they're flagged up as people of faith. These are some of the witnesses 
that the, he- let- the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews 12 says, since we are surrounded, therefore, look back. These are some of the people that we can look to. Not only are 14 people named specifically, but he also then says the prophets and the Israelites. That's a fairly large group of people to be considering. So if we want to think, well, where can we go to? How can we stir our faith? Who can we look to? I would suggest maybe work through Hebrews 11 and look through some of these characters. Look up, use a concordance, look up online. Look on Bible Gateway is a great resource. You can type in these names at a list everywhere where they're mentioned. So if you're not sure where Jephthah is, just put Jephthah in and it'll tell you where you'll find him. And you'll be able to find out, well, what did he do? What, and, and consider, well, why was that person flagged up as a person of faith? Study their lives, be fed. At the beginning of this year as a church, we went through a few weeks looking at Daniel. Amazing man of God. Amazing man who showed courage to be bold. Maybe listen to some of those again. Look at Daniel's life, the way he was prepared to put himself out to be different than the world around him because God had called him to do so. Book of Acts is another great place to look through. How can you not read Acts and be stirred up when you read about what the early church was doing, the way they stepped out? They didn't hesitate in the face of persecution. Yes, they were scattered, but God made the thing explode through what they were doing. The church was truly, strongly established, and we're living on the good of that now. So biblical witnesses. Where else can we look to if we want to stir our faith, if we want to be fed? I would say historical ones. Since the Bible has finished, there's all all sorts of amazing men and women who've lived for God. We've got 2,000 years of history of people stepping out for God. Recently, as I've said before, I've been reading different biographies and I've been so stirred by some of these great Christian men and women who've lived their lives seeking to make a difference. People like Smith Wigglesworth, amazing man who had a fantastic healing ministry did some quite bizarre things, but was following God all the time and saw amazing things happen. George Muller, who I've mentioned many times, really impacted by the way he stepped out in faith to bless orphans, never asking for a penny, but seeing miracles happen as he steps out, willing to serve God. Wilberforce and his, his determination to end slavery. You know, different context, but again, showing courage to do something for God and amazing repercussions as a result. Jackie Pullinger, I, was just, I read uh, over Christmas, uh, Chasing the Dragon, her biography. This is a lady who at 22, single lady, decided that God was calling her to, to live her life in missions work, caring for the poor and preaching the gospel wherever she went. So she went to different missionary organisations in the country and all of them turned her down. They didn't want to know because she was a woman, because she was too young, and because they thought her idea was terrible. But she said, God's called me to this. So she spent all the money she had on a round-the-world ticket on a boat. And she said, God, tell me when I need to get off, and that's where I'm going to work. So she set off, and she got to Hong Kong, and the Holy Spirit said to her, okay, this is where I want you to get off. And she ended up working in the walled city, Kowloon walled city, working in a place where even armed police would not go in. 22, single lady, zipping out. She had the courage to be bold. She started a ministry there in the biggest opium-producing den in the world, run by tri-criminal gangs, and yet she went in and she exuded the love of Christ. She cared for the poor, the prostitutes, the drug addicts, and she saw the gospel having an impact. These are the sorts of people that we can read about, we can study, and we can be fed. We can be stirred to action. 
This is what the letter to the Hebrews is saying. Because we're surrounded by amazing witnesses, these are some of the witnesses, not just biblical ones, but other historical characters. These people knew who God was and who they were in him, and they opened their eyes to what was possible. We can have our eyes open to what's possible by reading some of what their lives were like. It doesn't have to be in the past either. We can look to present-day witnesses. People around us, right here and now, can inspire us and help us. We can spur one another on. Hebrews 13, 7 says this. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. We can look to some of the leaders in our, in our group of churches. Some of the leaders that have set the standard of faith. They've been men and women who've stepped out. Terry Virgo, in his book, No Well-Worn Paths, talks about how he got to establish new frontiers. Simon Holly, in Sustainable Power, another book we flagged up before, just very honestly talks about the journey they've been on at King's Arms Church up the road in Bedford. In some of the Catalyst Festival talks, I know lots of us have come back inspired from hearing these stories of faith from Alan Scott, from Andy McCulloch. Men and churches that are stepping out and being bold. We can look to the KCC leaders, the leaders in here. Bit of a challenge for those of us who are leaders. You know, we've got to have faith that's worth being imitated. But that's what Hebrews Hebrew says. Imitate your leader's faith. So leaders can act as witnesses, but we can witness to one another as well. We can spur each other on. Hebrews 10, 24. Why go anywhere else in the Bible other than Hebrews? You can do it all. Look. Let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We can all play our part. Every time we tell something of what God has done for us or through us, we give glory to him, but also we encourage one another to step out in faith. We help feed each other in our faith. You know, it's good to step, tell stories about what God's doing, and that's why we regularly make a point of saying, anyone got any stories? within our community groups, within on Sunday mornings. And we try and record those on our blog and on our Facebook group so people can look back over it. And if you haven't done that for a while, have a look back because it is amazing what God's been doing, uh, even in us over these last few months. Be inspired by those who've gone before. Biblical witnesses, historical ones, people who are around us today. Secondly, what can we get from this Hebrews passage? Throw off. It goes on to say, throw off everything that hinders and entangles. Don't want to end up like this donkey on the screen. Throw off everything. The ESV version of the Bible puts it slightly more gently, lay aside, but whatever your take on it. The point is getting rid of, leaving behind, having nothing more to do with, no part of, throw it off, lay it aside, everything that hinders. Now that might not actually be sin. It might just be it might be stuff that's actually fine, it's good, but it's a distraction. It may well take our time and energy away from investing it in things of God and the adventures he wants to call us on. It, it might include the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth that Jesus talks about in Matthew 13 in the parable of the sower. What might it be for you? What are your potential distractions? Is it friends, family? Is it your career and your work? Is it box sets and Facebook? What is it that zaps your time and energy? 
They may well be good things, but are they a distraction from the adventures God's calling you on to? Galatians 5, 7. See, I can look elsewhere in the Bible. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Throw off everything that would entangle. The sin that entangles, he goes on to say. The sin that entangles. You know, sometimes when you're walking through the woods, I don't know if it happens to you, but you're kind of you're looking at all the beautiful things and you, you get yourself caught on something. You look down, you're caught in some brambles that are just kind of hidden amongst it all. And you have to kind of rip it through and it just grabs hold of you, it trips you up. And it's this sort of idea that sin can entangle and trip you up. Proverbs 5, 22 says, The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sin hold them fast. Don't be taken out by sin in your lives. We can't be courageous uh, to be bold. We cannot go on adventuring with God. If we're dabbling with sin, if, we're, if it's in our lives, it will trap us, it will trip us up. If we remain in that sinful relationship, if we're persistently lying at work, or whatever it might be for us, if there's things that we're aware of and we don't deal with them, it will limit the amount of things we can do for God. Deal with it, confess it to God. Be accountable to someone, get help, because you will not have life in all its fullness if you've got sin you're dabbling in and it's entangling you. So throw off everything that would hinder and entangle. Thirdly, if we're going to have courage to be bold, we need to run with perseverance. You know, and I realised when I was preparing this, I really can't spell the word perseverance. It's one of those words, every time I tucked up, I got the red little line underneath it. Run, don't just stand there. That's the first thing to note here. You know, if we're going to be courageous people, we've got to move. We don't just sit or stand there. Courageous people go. Now, it may not be going to Turkey, although that would be amazing. It may not be going somewhere else. It might be going into your workplace and being different. It might be even going into your family and being different. But it's not just standing there and accepting things how they were. Physically, I'm not a runner. You might be surprised when you look at me thinking I'm not a runner. But no, I'm not a runner. In fact, I used to dread when cross-country running would come up at secondary school. Oh, I was really pleased, actually, because I... I, I developed some bad knees when I was at secondary school. And I, even, I went to the doctors, and the doctors even gave it a name, Osgood Slatter's disease. And I got a certificate and everything. It was great, particularly on cross-country running. I could just wave this certificate before my PE teacher. Oh, I'm so sorry. That must be awful. Do sit down. Really bad. Joshua, don't listen to that. But it was true. I did, I did have bad knees. But, um, and apparently it was growing pains, but it, it, he gave it a fancy name, so it was good. But I, I don't enjoy cross-country running. Physically, I am not a runner. But spiritually, I always want to be running. I don't ever want to be sat down just coasting along. And do you know what? I don't even want to be someone who just runs laps. I want to be someone who's free running spiritually. I want to be out there doing all sorts of things. We're called to run, to be different, and to run with perseverance, even if you can't spell it. Run with determination which I discovered is a Paralympic value. Did you know that? One of the four values, along with courage, interestingly. Or stickability, as we used to call it in the schools I used to teach. And that idea of not giving up. Because actually, when we step out into difficult things, new things, it's not always easy. 
Sometimes it's difficult and we have to keep going. Taking risks is not easy. Otherwise, more people would be doing it. But if we want to see God use us, we need to step out. We need to go beyond our comfort zone. And I came back from the Sustainable Power Conference last year up at uh, King's Arms and really convicted and that I need to be stepping out in faith more. And so I've been trying to do that, particularly in the area of healing. I'm making a point of when I hear of someone who's not well or, or needs some sort of healing, I'm praying for them. I know I'm setting myself up here this morning, but I want to do that. If you're not well this morning, at the end of this meeting, I'm really happy to pray with you. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm seeing everyone healed by any means. But I'm seeing more people healed than if I didn't pray at all. And God is honouring it. He's honouring this small step of faith. And I just want to invite you. Will you join me on some of this adventuring? It's exciting, but scary. And you know what? Sometimes there are disappointments. And we need to deal with those. Because they can take us down too. You know, not everyone is healed. And it leaves us with questions. Not every, not every prayer is answered in the way that we think it will be. But it's okay. We can be honest with God. We can be honest with our frustrations. And actually we need to be, you know, if we're going to keep running. It's no good just brushing it under the carpet. We need to bring it before God and say, God, why is it like this? He's not going to be offended. He knows anyway. But like we were saying earlier in the worship time, he's our father and he wants to know. He wants us to tell him when we have our disappointments, to deal with it. And do you know what? He knows what it's like to, find dif- to face difficulty. Verse 3 of the passage that I was reading you goes on to say this. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus faced difficulty way beyond any of us will ever face. He faced the burden on the cross, and yet he did it. And that's what Hebrew, the, letter, the writer of Hebrews is saying. Come on, look to Jesus, although I'm getting ahead of myself. We're not at the last point just yet. The race marked out for us. Run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. God has a race, adventures, ex- exploits for you that only you can run because you are who you are and where you are. Yeah, others can run other races, but only you can run the race marked out for you. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do works which God prepared in advance for us to do. How exciting is that? You, me, we've got good works prepared by God to do. He's thought about it in advance, way before you were even born. He thought, during 2016, I've got this race for Maureen to run. I've got this race for Rob to run. I've got these good works for Amy to get involved in. Our loving fathers, oh yeah, I can't wait to see them do this one. Let's run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And finally, fix our eyes on Jesus. Our greatest encouragement comes when we fix our eyes on him. He is the perfect example of the faith we are to express. Jesus is our hero. He has done it all. The one who makes it all possible. He is our ultimate action hero. He came on the ultimate rescue plan. He came to earth. He gave up everything he'd known for eternity 
to become a man and he lived on this earth not just to teach good stories, not just to heal the sick, although those are amazing, 